Good morning. Merry Christmas. It is the Christmas season, and we are right into the heart of it, into the midst of it, and sharing together. I'm Pastor Rafe Vigil, and we're glad to share together on this uh, first Sunday of the Christmas season here, right in the middle of December as we come towards the end of the year. It is a bright and beautiful day, and a good day for worshiping and, uh, and giving praise to God and lifting God up and, uh, and honoring God, particularly now that the baby is born and the child is with us and is present with us, and we get to share and celebrate that gift that has come into our hearts and into our lives. So let's enter into worship today with some singing and some caroling and some joy and sharing the good news of Christ. Let's stand and sing together. seated as uh, we share together um, uh, what we do here and how we live out our faith is 
through our prayer, engaging and giving and serving. And uh, as we come to the end of the year, it's our opportunity uh, for those wonderful end of the year gifts. You know, the uh, manger scene as we come to know it, the birth of Christ is adorned with gifts. The holiday season is a season of, of giving. And so let me encourage you, for your giving to give your gifts to uh, the church and the work of ministry and the work of uh, that's going on around us there are offering plates for here those are in person and of course you can always do that giving online through the various platforms and technology that we have and you can check out the church website uh, for that let me also remind you that uh, engagement is an important part of what we do and engaging in worship and we're glad that many of us are engaging uh, uh, in YouTube and Facebook and the uh, digital platforms that we have um, just a reminder that next Sunday, the first Sunday of the new year, um, we will again worship at uh, 10 o'clock live and in person and uh, have just have that one worship service. And of course, it will also be streaming as we go into the new year. And then beyond that, we will return to our schedule of uh, 9 o'clock and 1030 worship times in person and streaming and sharing all that together as we engage in worship together. Let us uh, turn now to a time of prayer. Good morning. I'm Pastor Lisa. If you'll bow your heads with me for this morning's prayer. Dear God, as we come to worship you this morning, we realize that only about a month ago it was Thanksgiving. The next day, after we packed away way too much turkey, we packed up the pilgrims and the cornucopia, and then we unpacked the holly and the mistletoe, the nativity, the old fruitcake, and all the other signs of Christmas. Now, as we move quickly toward a new year, we'll repack the baby Jesus with the camels and shepherds and angels and put them all away. Tomorrow, most of us head back to our regular routine. A few of us might be on vacation for a bit longer, but all of us need this one hour when your truth is spoken and heard, when your reasons for Christmas move us once again. Bless this hour with your grace, God, that we might truly learn to carry Christmas, if not through the whole year, then at least through the next week. Help us to be present this day. Help us to be here as you teach us. We praise you and pray as your son taught us to. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
may be seated. So um, I just have to give you a, a word of warning as we go into this scripture that this is a scary scripture. This is one of those panic moments for parents kind of scriptures. And um, it is a, uh, it, it can really uh, strike at us, you know, because all parents have felt this and experienced this. This is the story where a child gets lost. You know, this is that story. Um, and here's the thing, what's interesting to me, this is a story where, where Jesus kind of gets, well, Mary and Joseph lose Jesus, and I don't know where he is. And yet, in the scriptures, this is the only childhood story that's remembered and recalled and put into scripture is the one where Jesus gets lost and Mary and Joseph can't find him. It's the only one that's recorded. Uh, we have stories of his birth. We have stories even of, of the blessings of his birth and as a child coming into the t a very baby, days old, going into the temple and then running to uh, Egypt with the family. But this story is the only story we have of really of Jesus' childhood. And yeah, you can find some other stories in other books that aren't in the Bible, but they don't seem real consistent with the nature of who Jesus is. But, but this one is. This one is from Luke chapter 2, beginning at uh, verse 41. Each year, his parents, Jesus' parents, went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem uh, according to their custom. After the festival was over, they were returning home, but the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't know it. Supposing that he was among their band of travelers, they journeyed on for a full day while looking for him among their family and friends. When they didn't find Jesus, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, three days, they found him in the temple. He was sitting among the teachers, listening to them and putting questions to them. Everyone who heard him was amazed by his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were shocked. His mother said, child, why have you treated us like this? Listen, your father and I have been worried. We've been looking for you. And Jesus replied, why were you looking for me? Didn't you know that it was necessary for me to be in my father's house? But they didn't understand what he said to them. Jesus went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. His mother cherished every word in her heart. Jesus matured in wisdom and years and in favor with God and with people. Amen. And amen. And he matured in favor with God and with people. When I uh, read that, it reminded me of, a, of another scripture passage um, in uh, 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 26 says of the boy Samuel, the boy Samuel, who you know, would grow up to be a, a prophet and a leader of the Hebrew people, the boy Samuel kept growing up and was more and more liked by both the Lord and people. This is who it is to follow God and the growing up of a boy. But you can imagine in this story what 
you know, Mary saying, you know, you're, you know, this is, this is tough. But, you know, there are mothers all throughout the Bible. We can imagine what some of the mothers might be saying who were raising boys. And I'll tell you the reason that I've titled the sermon Raising Boys is because that's what I know. I know raising boys. I am one of three boys and watched my parents raise three boys and, you know, how we gave them heart attacks. And uh, I've, you know, Amy and I have raised three boys. And so there are these boys in the Bible that we can imagine their moms and uh, what they would have said to them is like, Samson, get your hand out of that lion. You don't know where it's been. You know, you've heard the mom say that, right? David, I told you not to play in the house with that sling. Go practice your harp. We pay good money for those lessons, right? Abraham, would you stop wandering around the countryside and come home for dinner? You know? Now, if you don't recognize these names in these stories, you really do need to find a Bible study. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, leave those clothes outside. They smell like a dirty furnace. All right. Cain, get off your brother. You're going to kill him. Noah, no, you can't keep them. Stop bringing strays home. James and John, no more burping contests at the table. You sound like th sons of thunder. Judas, have you been in my purse again? Jesus, shut the door. What do you think? You were, li you were born in a barn? Uh. <laughs> uh. I'm glad the drummer's not still here. I'd get a lot of boom ching. <laughs> All right. Mary was raising a boy, and we can imagine what it is to raise a boy. Many of us know what it is to raise a boy or to raise a, a, a child because, um, you know, it's just, it's just tough, the worry and the stress of raising a child. And Mary was raising a boy, and boys will be boys. But Mary wasn't just raising a boy. She was raising the boy, right? She was raising the boy. This is the boy that an angel visited her about. Can you imagine the pressure? Can you imagine the stress? Can you imagine what's going on in her heart and when you've lost the boy? You know, you've lost the boy, you know, and you can't find the boy for days and days and days. And, and many of us have experienced that. You know, I know that, uh, that we did. I, we had a boy one time, one of our boys, you know, in the, in the store, in the shopping, in the clothing area, decided to go hide in the middle of a round clothing rack where nobody could see him. I see a lot of people nodding their heads. We've known children that have done that, right? And they hide and you can't find them. And <laughs> they think it's so funny. You know, they think it's so cute. I had another boy who was just quiet. He was just quiet all the time. And he would play hide and go seek without telling us the game had started. You know, and uh, he would just go off quietly and hide somewhere in the house. Where is that boy? Where is that child? Where, where, where are they? So you can imagine what Mary is going through when she can't find the boy. The boy for whom angels sing, right? The boy for whom shepherds left their fields, left their flocks in the field and let them wander to come visit. The boy that on his birth received these elaborate gifts, you know, the boy that they had to carry off into Egypt to protect him from being killed. The boy that they've been raising for these 12 years, and now 
just as he's about to approach that time of 13 and becoming adult in the Hebrew tradition, she's lost him. Can you imagine the panic? Can you imagine the panic? And so you can imagine what she said when she found him. Boy, you're going to be the death of me. You know? Because she is so scared and so worried. But Jesus' response is, is very telling. You should know that I'd be with my father's people. You should know that it was necessary that I would be in my father's house. It can be translated as you should know that I'd be you know, taking care of the business of God's people with my father's people. I'd be with those people. But Mary was panicked. We exp- he was very panicked. And so Jesus came and he went with them. And the scripture, I love how it finishes, of his whole childhood and his whole years of being the son of Mary and Joseph, he grew in favor with God and people. All of his life, he was living what he was going to teach. He grew in favor with God and with people. That's the big commandment, folks. When Jesus was approached and asked, what's the biggest commandment? Love the Lord your God and love people. Love the Lord and love others like you love yourself. And so in his very childhood, he's living out what he would teach his whole life. He's living out what he would live out his whole life. Love God and love people. But all Mary could probably see is, oh, I've got to protect the child, you know? And we all want our children to be liked and grow in favor with people, right? Even though they drive us crazy. Even though they won't listen to us. We, we want them to be liked by people. We want them to, to love God. We want them to, for people to, to like them. But the way we see our children is like, you, you know, this child's going to drive me crazy. This child's going to be the, the death of me because there's, there's so much that I have to pay attention to. And of course, you know, like any other parent, I've experienced that with, with our boys. We had one boy. One of our boys who could not pay attention to save his life, he was always in la-la land, he was all over the place, not following instructions, not cleaning up his room, not listening, doing whatever he was doing. He he would just kind of, he wasn't the one who would hide, he was the one who would just kind of wander off because he was lost. He'd walk into things. And, uh, you know, he's just all over the place. Like, listen to me, you got to follow instructions, and this is how we're dealing with him. And we we moved to a a new um, church that we were at, and, and across the street were these uh, two widows that lived together. And the first day that we were there, they brought over food. And when a boy gets food, that's usually a good sign, right? That's a good thing. So the very next day, he walked back over to their house. And the next day, he walked back over again. And they, you know, we kept going. And they became the nice ladies. You know, we knew them as the nice ladies. And the ladies said, oh, your son is so nice. He's so attentive. He takes care of little things for us, and he, he does this for us, and he moves us. You, you just have, and we're like, you're talking about my boy? You know, this is not the son I know. Another gentleman in the church, and we'll just call him Mr. Doc, because he had a doc, he came and says, man, your son is just the absolute best. You know, the children love to play on, on my dock, but they can only come over if your son is there because he knows about the dock rules and the water hose and how you do things. And so people can only go fishing if your son is there with them. And then we're like, really? <laughs> You're talking about my child being responsible? 
this is how that, that works. You know, I've raised boys, and, um, and, and this boy is not like that. I had another son. Another son. Somebody came to us one time, you know, nice little boy, you know, but he was always active and everywhere. And says, how do you ever tell that boy no? You know, cute face, big eyes. How do you ever tell that boy no? It's easy. No. <laughs> That's what a parent does. Oh, you have such good boys. They're so nice. They're so kind. They're so attentive. They just really, really, that's, that's not the boys I know, you know. But I guess we all want our children to find favor with people, right? We all want our children to find favor with people, even if they drive us crazy, cause us panic. Like Mary was panicked with Jesus. Raising boys may cause the worry and the panic. They won't clean their room. They won't do that. But as young people, they'll travel the world to be in mission and to teach and to help others have better lives. Our boys will drive us crazy. But one of our boys carried a sick friend to the hospital and waited with them until their parents could come from hours away. Our boys may drive us crazy, but they'll protect a special friend even when it costs them so much. Raising kids, raising boys, raising the boy for Mary. That's got to drive us crazy. Jesus, you're going to be the death of me. Why did you leave us like that? But found favor with God and favor with others. Love God and love others. That's the big commandment, and Jesus did it. He did it with his whole life. And here's the thing. We love to see it in our kids, right? We love to see our kids find uh, you know, find those relationships where people find favor with them and like them and see them as good and wholesome. We, we love that. So you can imagine how God feels when love is seen in us. Because here's the thing. We are God's children. And our sin, our rejection, our defiance, our getting lost, I'm sure drives God nuts. But imagine the joy. Imagine the joy when we love God and love others. God raises us to be about the business of love. And you know, God likes to see us loving each other. We want to see that. Just um, a couple of months ago, uh, Amy and I uh, uh, found this um, uh, documentary, is what it was. And the documentary was called Love on the Spectrum. And it was a series of, uh, of, of shows of following people and their attempts to find love, their attempts to find those re special relationships. And, uh, but all of the people that they were following were people who were on the autism spectrum. And, um, 
they were sweet and dear and genuine and loving people. And the, of course, the, the way they spoke and, and their mannerisms were a little uh, unique. And uh, the way the world sees them is different because of the way, the unique way that their, their brains work. But uh, they were looking for and sharing in what we all love to see and what we all want to be a part of, and that's love. Those love relationships, that, that love that's a, that's a part of us. And so as we're watching this love on the spectrum, I found my wife almost like she was at a sporting event. Amy was like, I, I got to see the next one because they've got to make it. They've got it. She was rooting for them. She was cheering them on. She was like, we've got to watch the next one. These were beautiful and sweet and loving people, and we found ourselves rooting for them. And if we want to see people love, if we want to see people love, guess what God wants? God wants it even more. God wants it even more. And this is what Jesus taught at every age of his life. Favor with God and favor with people. Growing in that love. And friends, I tell you, and I am sure, that we drive God crazy. We drive him nuts with our rejection and our getting lost and our scatteredness. We drive God crazy. But God raises us to be about his business, Jesus' business, the business of love, loving God and loving others. And the boy grew and matured and found favor with God and favor with people. And we followers of the way of Christ grow and mature, finding that love, that love with God and that love for others. Amen and amen. Most gracious and loving God, we thank you for the power and the presence of the child, Jesus, among us. We thank you for your guidance and your presence with us as we raise children. And Lord, we empathize with Mary. For we thank you for giving us that child, that Jesus, who would consistently and constantly be about your business with your people, with us, sharing and giving love and growing in favor. And so, Lord, we pray that the power of Christ and the power of your Spirit continue to fill us, that we mature as your children, followers of Christ, and grow in favor with you and with one another. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let us respond to God with song.
Go now with the blessing and the assurance of a loving God who has given you his child, his child and the power of the Holy Spirit. Go now and tell it on the mountain. Go now and give. Go now and share. Go now and worship. Amen. Amen. Thank you.